A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Kate had to have three days off to go to America for an interview for Titanic with mm-hmm. James Cameron. Mm-hmm. And when she got there, she said, you know, I'm doing this period film. And this makeup artist is really good at doing period. She's really good at making my skin look beautiful and what have you. He said, oh, right. And that's how I got the job. He just phoned me the next day and said, um, would you like to do Titanic? Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives. This week's guest is Tina Earnshaw. And as I'm sure you gathered from the opening quote, Tina was a key makeup artist on Titanic which means she was a mastermind behind Kate Winslet's character Rose's iconic makeup look. Tina has some incredible stories from the set, which she shares during this episode, so I won't spoil them for you now. But suffice to say, after talking to Tina, I ended up re-watching the film and rewinding the crowd scenes in the water a bunch of times. So expect to end up watching Titanic after you've listened to this. It's no bad thing in my opinion. I love that film. But Titanic isn't the only film that Tina's worked on that you'll know really well. She's made up countless big names and worked on huge films, so I'm just going to touch on some of them quickly, as she's so modest and basically tends to gloss over it. So Tina's worked on Emma, Ever After, Sliding Doors, Shakespeare in Love, The Talented Mr. Ripley, The Italian Job, Mamma Mia, Marley and Me, Prometheus and The Martian. And faces she's made up include Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Blanchett, Charlie Theron, Drew Barrymore, Brad Pitt, Pierce Brosnan, Jude Law, and Matt Damon. Quite a CV. Now, before I hand over to Tina, I just wanted to add a bit of personal admiration for her work. Her trademark look of perfected skin, enhanced features, and the sense of kind of gentle strength in a face is, is just beautiful. And she somehow manages to tease the individual out through makeup rather than mask them. I think it's an extraordinary gift, and she's the definition to me of a true makeup artist. So without any further ado, here is the very lovely and the very modest Tina on her beautiful life. Looking at your CV, as it were, it's really quite extraordinary. You've got two Oscar nominations, um, a host of films that literally everyone would know. I mean, I say Shakespeare in Love, Titanic, Talented Mr. Ripley, and you're very relaxed about your career. The, the energy I get from you is that you have you work hard, but you are very grounded. Yeah, I think I'm very grounded. I think, you know what, I think I've been really lucky. Mm. I was in the right time at the right place. How it all fell into place, I don't know. But, yeah, and I started doing movies when my kids were grown up, and I was grounded, mm-hmm. and I haven't got... I really don't have an ego. So I'm quite humble about it all. You know, I love it. But it's what it is, it's a job, and I love it. Let's go back to when you were younger then, and when you first sort of had that moment of thinking, oh, maybe makeup artistry. Were your parents in the creative industry? How did that come about? No, not at all. My dad was a lawyer, mm-hmm. and my mum, at that time, when I was 16, um, was a buyer for Burberry's. So when you were growing up in your adolescence, yeah. was makeup a big part of your life? Well, I started wearing makeup young, probably 13. Good makeup? No, probably terrible. Okay. I've always had an eyeliner. I loved makeup. And I think 
my dad always used to say, you're not going out with all that on. I but, you know, yes, you know, mm-hmm. but my mum wasn't straight, but my dad didn't like it. And so I started, I loved makeup from the age of 13, really. And your mum, I'm imagining you're saying she worked for Burberry. Was yes. she glamorous? Did Very she wear glamorous. makeup? Oh, yes, yeah, she wore makeup. But we moved to London when I was 15 from the countryside. Whereabouts uh, in the countryside? We lived in Hertfordshire. Okay. And um, we moved up to London because my dad's business went a bit under. His mm-hmm. partner had done him over, so we moved up to London. And um, he started another practice in the temple, being a lawyer. And my mum decided to go back to work. She hadn't worked while she brought us up. So she went and started working at Burberry's. She was a model when she was younger. And um, so she went as an assistant, just an ordinary salesperson at Burberry's. And within four years, she was the buyer. Wow. So she did really well, bless mm-hmm. her, and loved it, loved mm-hmm. every moment of it. And she was there for about six years, and then they moved out of London and moved back to the countryside. But in that time, of me from 15, mm. I um, I left school at 15. and um, I How went, did your parents feel about that? Um, I did my, I suppose, whatever they were, O-levels or whatever at 15. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. I okay. Mean, people could leave at 15 then. And then at 16, I went and did... Um, a beauty course in um, Beach and Place, of all places. So were you just thinking, maybe I, I can do this, I like makeup? I, yes, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I knew I loved makeup. Hmm. I knew I wasn't at all academic, mm-hmm. hopeless at school, but I was artistic and I loved makeup. And I thought, well, the best thing to do is to go and do a beauty course and perhaps go and work in Selfridges on the, on the, you know, when One, was that? Was that in the seventies or no? That was the sixties. Okay, that was the sixties. So makeup then was a very different thing. Very different. The landscape thing. was yeah, very different. different. So I did this beauty course for six months mm-hmm. and then got a job um, with Max Factor. So when you were training for six months, were you training in how to make someone look beautiful for film or no. for life? I was training to do facials, okay, manicures, okay, pedicures. And it was just like a beautician's course. So like a bit, okay. So it didn't focus in on makeup. A little tiny bit of makeup, I think, was thrown in, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. So then I realised that actually I did not want to be a facialist or be a manicurist. I think I became a manicurist for a week. Okay. And hated it. (laughs) I was so bad at it. (laughs) So bad. So that wasn't for me. So I got a job in, in those days, Max Factor, Elizabeth Arden, all those cosmetic houses had places in Bond Street beautiful you know where all the stars used to go and be made up so I went to work for Max Factor when you say the stars went to be made up so you would be in Max Factor and people would yeah, come in they'd come in to have their makeup done incredible yeah okay before big Max events Factor's like before... before big events yeah so it was would. almost like people now have a makeup yeah. ask go like to them they would have um you know like Charlotte Tilbury or Lisa Eldridge doing them mm. for a red carpet yeah there were no makeup artists for red carpet in those days or even for, for, for photographers yeah and there wasn't a job for makeup artists then mm-hmm. so they'd come into Elizabeth Arden or Max Factor and you know they'd get done yeah, yeah. Oh, big expense probably so I was there washing puffs okay and um, then realized I really love makeup mm-hmm. loved it so I stayed there for about 18 months waiting to apply to go to the BBC because that was really the only training school around. And I knew I wanted to do film and TV. Okay. I knew I wanted to do that. Um, and so that was the best train going. So anyway, I got an interview. I got in. Mm-hmm. In between leaving Matt's factory and going there, I worked in a hairdressing salon in North Audley Street okay. as a receptionist. Do you, remember, do you remember around this time the first face you made? Say, 
when you were at Max Factor yeah. and people were coming in, was there anyone where you thought, oh my God, I'd love to make that person up? Or was it more Elizabeth just Elizabeth Taylor was gorgeous. She used to come in. Did she? Elizabeth Taylor and um, Natalie Wood came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gorgeous. Those mm-hmm. faces were so beautiful. And yeah. I was really quite shy then. And, um, you know, you couldn't be caught staring too much. No. You were just a little junior, really, with a little funny old pinny on, you know. <laughs> Cleaning the brushes. Hi. And you're from that's about to make up. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I knew I wanted to do makeup after that. I knew it's what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I knew I really liked the glamorous side of it. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I had to learn everything else going to the BBC. I had to learn to do hair mm-hmm. um, and wigs. So, how long was the training at the BBC? It was two years. Right. So, you started off for six months in the school, going to school every day, and then they'd throw you out on different projects, you know, being under somebody like a junior. Right. And um, and really what happened to me was um, I got promoted really quickly because it was crazy. Mm. Suddenly um, BBC Two came in, mm-hmm. Colour Television came in, mm-hmm. so it shows my age. Colour TV came in. So by the time I was, I think, 22, mm-hmm. I was made into a supervisor and doing my own shows. Wow. And, and um, yeah, and, you know, had a own secretary. Um, Bonkers. Can I pause there about products that you were using at that point because this was pre yes now you go into selfridges and you can buy the products that you were using on a film set now yeah easily yeah. but back then it wasn't really quite like that so there were some makeup houses the max factors the elizabeth Arden's, yes. you know Luncom. yeah but what was it like what were you using were we you... were using max factor mainly theatrical makeup okay pan sticks yeah pancakes yeah all theatrical makeup and then when it color suddenly came in which was quite early on in that training, mm-hmm. in those two years, um, they all sort of panicked, thinking we had to change everything. And um, so then we started going over to use um, things like Lancome. Right. Or um, liquid mats factor. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't all pan stick and pancake like mm-hmm. it had been. So it, it gradually started changing once colour television came in. And what was the attitude like when you were there training? So... Now, quite often, people look to the big makeup artists and think, that could be my career. I could be, you know, flying around in private jets and wearing gold shoes or whatever yes. it is. Um, I'm guessing from you that the that it was very much the attitude of, you will work as a makeup artist, you will not... Oh, yeah. No, you're a working makeup artist. You yeah. never thought of jobs like that. Because actually, Madeline, there wasn't a job like that. Mm. You know, all the photographers, the models did their own makeup mm-hmm. in the 50s. They all made themselves mm. up. You have Barbara Golan and all those sort of well-known people. Mm-hmm. They'd all do their own makeup photo shoots. There wasn't a job yeah. for a makeup artist, so nobody thought on those lines mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really until Barbara Daly, who trained with me, in fact, she was just one school before me, three months before me, but we were there at the same time. Mm. Barbara specialised. She was so good at beauty. Yeah. I mean, she was so clever. And, um, and she went freelance quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, she must have been stayed at the Bee perhaps four years, five years, and she went freelance and she made a job for makeup artists. She went around the photographers and worked with them on photo shoots free, mm-hmm. I think. So that's how people started using makeup artists, right? Um, you know, on fashion shows. It was really Barbara who got that going. Mm-hmm. It was definitely Barbara. I, I was lucky. Um, commercials were really prolific at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, all the big commercials were being, all the big hair commercials were being and made. Were you still doing hair at this point, or was it just? No, makeup? well, I, I, 
I was never very good at hair. I was okay. good at wigs. So I was mm -hmm. never very good at hair because I'd never had that salon training. Right. Like a lot of the girls had. Um, but I knew the basics. I was never very, never good at cutting. Mm -hmm. And so when I did commercials, there was always two people doing it. Mm -hmm. Unless it was just one housewife or one man, and then I would do the hair. Yeah. So sometimes you would do the hair. But mainly I'd always have a really good hairdresser with me on commercials. And did you like that 70s look? Because I'm thinking of um, yeah. when I touched on the makeup you do, it's very beautiful. The 70s look is quite avant-garde. Yes, you, it is. Did I you really that? into that? I completely embraced okay. it. Like I had the 60s makeup, you know, mm -hmm. like when I got married, you know, I had the full works on. And the 70s, I completely embraced it and mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yes, um, completely embraced it. And the London attitude then, London was quite a um, a place of artistic genesis. Yes. It was all yes, happening. Was. And, and did, did it feel like that, working oh, among those Oh, it did, because I used to work, I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of Bieber ads and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, um, I've got to think of the photographer because it's a woman and it's so silly. But Sarah Moon. Okay. I did oh, a lot yeah, of Sarah Moon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, All the lovely, um, you know, the lovely dark eyes and yes. everything. So, um, yes, so I really loved the 70s. You know, right. I grew up with that, really. So then you, ha you had your children. So I'm imagining that your life is sort of apportioned up. So you are yes. doing makeup. Um, and then you go and you have your family life as it were, or you, you know, you have the early startings and you lend more time to that at that point. Is that right? Yes. Well, I didn't, I wasn't interested in doing films. I was asked to do films, but mm -hmm. quite honestly, I was quite young and I was quite sort of good fun and what have you. And I never thought I'd be able to concentrate mm. on a film mm. for three or four months at a time or mm -hmm. the continuity. I thought, no, I, this isn't for me. Commercials mm -hmm. are perfect. Two days, three days a week. It's really fabulous money. Mm -hmm. Bringing up my kids, it was perfect. So you were living, where were you living? We children? were living in Blackheath. Okay. We lived in Blackheath while the kids were growing up. And can I ask you about your makeup and beauty routine when you had children? Because yeah. often, and, and as a makeup artist actually, because you're spending yeah. a lot of time and energy doing other, making other people yes. look glamorous and fabulous. Yeah. Um, you're very, you know, you're beautifully made up today, but was that... Always did, was. You always were. Always got the face on first okay. thing in the morning. Okay. And can you name a couple of your personal favourite products around that time? Or Let's have a thing. When oh. Damon and Polly were little, what would I love? Well, I'd always have a really good foundation. Mm -hmm. I would always have a really good eyeliner. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think which eyeliner. Do you remember eyeliner. what you used? I probably used Rimmel, I think. Did you? Okay. Black what about Rimmel perfumes eyeliner. and things? Were you, does oh, it, I does tell you what I used. I tell you what I used. Yeah. I used, um, I tell you what I used, Fracar. Okay. Fracar by Balenciaga. Yeah. yeah. And I used, um, I think Fracar was my favourite for years. Is that, no, is, that's not the one that's Roger Piguet. Yes, it's it a black is. bottle. Ro black. Black, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. And I used, um, what was the other one? The lovely one which is still going. Um, Fracker's still going. My mum wears that. What frac does she? Mm, my mum really so likes nice. that. She likes Shalimar as well. I so mean, Shalimar was lovely. What were the other ones by, Shal by Coty? Um, is that Coty? Yeah, Girlan is Shalimar. No, Girlan. And um, um, what was the other one? Um, uh, I, I used to use Shalimar. Yeah. There's one other one I used. Fracker was all my favourite for yeah, years. Yeah, the big strong scent. And Le by um, Balenciaga. Okay. Yeah. The D was lovely. I'm imagining you then as quite a glamorous figure. Then. I was a glamorous one. Okay. Yes. You're a glamorous mum. I was a glamorous mum, yeah. So what made you take the first film then? I'll tell you exactly what happened was mm. I'd worked all along with this fabulous hairdresser. Mm -hmm. We'd um, done all the big commercials. I did all the 
Scott commercials, Chanel commercials, I worked with Tony Scott, all the sort of big names and commercials I worked in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And so Carol Henning, who I don't know if you know who she is. I don't. Hairdresser, right. She did the hair on Cinderella. Mm-hmm. She did all the early Merchant Ivory films. Okay. And Carol and I did lots of commercials together, and we were good friends. But she was also doing films. And um, this film came up, Merchant Ivory film, and it was going to Paris. Mm-hmm. And it was Jefferson in Paris, mm-hmm. set in the 1780s. White faces, white wigs. And Carol said, look, come with me. You know, I'm, you know, his makeup artist, he doesn't like her anymore, James Ivory. He's quite old, James mm-hmm. Ivory. Come on, I'm going to suggest you. So I got the job. Were you nervous, though? Well, I was a bit nervous over that one. Well, this I is was. it. It's a, big, it's a big thing to go. It was a thousand extras a day. I was nervous. But Carol said, come on, it'll be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Those beautiful pale faces and skins, and, mm-hmm. and it's just what you're good at. Yes. So off we went to Paris. In fact, I took my car. I took my car. <laughs> and um, one assistant, and she took one assistant, and we got French people there. We were all given nice um, apartments. Mm-hmm. We had Nick Nolte, Gwyneth Paltrow's first film that was, had Nick Nolte, Greta Skaki, um, Tandy Newton, mm-hmm. and Nick Nolte had to wear a false nose. And was that your job Jefferson. too? It was, my job. <laughs> and of course I'd done prosthetics, but in a half-hearted way at the BBC. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't really my thing. But yeah. anyway, I had to get a nose cast and a nose made for him. Okay. And he was a big drinker. Right. And this nose... I mean, there'd be sweat coming out oh, of it. No. And the French DOP lighting cameraman, he used strip lighting, which is quite an unusual thing to use. And mm-hmm. so what it did was it took the blood out of the skin. Okay. So I wouldn't know that by looking at it. But when you went to see the rushes, the dailies, yeah. you'd see this nose would look white in the tests. Okay. And so it was ridiculous. We had to make it bright red to make it film all right. Okay. I mean, how... You know, we had to adjust that. Uh-huh. In fact, we got it perfect. Okay. We got it perfect. I'm going to have to go and watch that film now. Look at that nose. Okay. I had to go and look at that nose. And the king yeah. had a nose on as well. Okay. So one day, I got an ulcer on that film because mm-hmm. I was scared, actually. I got a Judina ulcer. Did you? <laughs> I did because I was so frightened. I can't, but how, so also, you're a thousand extras. You're at the head of this I'm the head of massive department. operation. I am. Were you very organised about it? Very organised. Okay. But I was always very organised. And I had Carol. Mm -hmm. And I had one good assistant with me. Mm -hmm. In fact, I got my assistant to do the noses. I had them made and everything. Because she was better than me at putting them on. Yeah. And I did the girls. I did Tandy, Gwyneth and Greta. So I did the three girls. And I did the queen. And when you started, do you remember... So I... Personally, I always have this thing where when I start a job, I am... Sort of overly cautious, like I'll check my copy eight times, I'll check everything, yes. and then as you go on, you become a well, bit. Well, you more... do, you get a bit. Yeah. More... Well, yeah. But were you watching the screen the whole time, thinking, "Is that okay? Is that okay?" Doing. Oh yes, but you yeah. do that anyway. I think on a film, you you okay. always watch the monitor. Okay. You do actually, and, and now you can get it up on your iPad. You know. Yeah. Which is really good. You oh, can really? Watch so you're watching it as it goes. Yeah. So you don't always have a space to go and watch the monitor. Yeah. It is good to have that. Yeah. Yes, I was. Yes, I did watch the monitor all the time. And mm-hmm. in those days, you'd go and see the rushes or the dailies. Yeah. Every night, which was a drag, actually, because you'd never get home till 10.30 at night after that. Yeah, I can imagine. But in a way, you had to go How long are those down. rushes and dailies? Like two, two and a half hours oh sometimes. My God. And then with continuity, how were you doing that? Was that Polaroids? Polaroids. Okay. All Polaroids, which mm-hmm. you couldn't see a thing. Yeah. And lots of notes. Yeah. Polaroids and, yeah, and lots and notes. of notes. And do you remember the products then? Was it a switch for you to go from doing a makeup where it's a still or an advert that's done no, one day? No, the same makeup I used for commercials or Okay, yeah, same makeup. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then you did that film. What was the next film? Do you remember? 
The next film I did was Merchant Ivory again mm-hmm. in the September mm-hmm. called Feast of July. Okay. Which didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in Dorset. Right. Um, and that's when Polly joined me, actually. Polly came... I made her count the beards in the crowd room. Okay. And that's when she sort of... She wanted to ride horses, but mm-hmm. of course you have to have a lot of money to do that. Yes. So Polly came and helped me. Then she got hooked. Yeah. And then that's how she started doing makeup, really. Mm-hmm. And before I'd done um, my first film, mm-hmm. I did a lot of stills with people like David Bailey, Richard Avedon. Mm-hmm. I worked with all those big photographers, Incredible. Herb Ritz, yeah. what have you. I did a, a lot of stuff with David Bailey in those days. And were um, they were they outrageous, those shoes? Were those they... shoes, it was never really my cup of tea. Okay. It's a whole different set of people, you know. Right. And the hair people were so different. I mean, it wasn't really... Mm. It wasn't what I enjoyed Was it doing. quite fashion? In it was way. so fashiony. Right, yeah. And the people, I felt really quite shy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really my world at all. If you're, my I world yeah. at all. It's a very different thing, isn't it, yeah, to be involved in that kind of atmosphere. Very different world. Yeah. So, um... So anyway, after that, then I went and did um, Othello with Carol again, hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Carol and I did Othello in Italy with Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Um, which was great, and Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. And then um, Gwyneth came back to England to do Emma. Okay. She asked for me, which mm-hmm. was nice. Mm-hmm. So I did her, but I wasn't a personal. People hadn't really started having personals then. Okay. So, so I headed up the, the makeup. Headed up the makeup right. department. And I got a hairdresser to head the hair department. Can I ask you here, because Emma is one of those makeups when, when I saw it when I was a teenager, I remember thinking, oh, the skin and the life in her face and the kind of... Yes. It was one of the first... Though the makeups you did around that time were probably the first makeups that, that makeup jobs that spoke to me and made me think, wow. And oh. it's really quite extraordinary. And I just wanted to ask you about how you came to design that sort of, what I would call the Tina Earnshaw look, which is beautiful skin. Well, you know what? I mean, that's what I love doing. And I probably used a lot of makeup. Right. I, you know, I used a lot of foundation, patted it in. Pale, beautiful. I blocked the skin out. Yeah. I blocked the faces completely out Mm -hmm. and then put the colour back in. But that's interesting because a period makeup, there are some makeup artists now, particularly, who would say, it's a period makeup, so we'll put nothing but grease on their skin. And And I sort of, I like to indulge in the fantasy of of it and have this beautiful, you know, the idea that someone has unblemished skin. I mean, no one has unblemished skin. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's what I always love doing. And in fact, um, when I did Shakespeare in Love, Mm. I was Gwyneth's personal on that. Right. And the um, makeup designer wanted her with a scrub face. I said, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> They're not going to want that in Hollywood, I'm telling you. Yeah. And um, I had a terrible fight with her. I said, no, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to look porcelain and wonderful. Yeah. Different when she becomes a boy, which she did. So when you said you had a fight with her, yeah. because you are, you're very polite and you have also I said you're shy, but you, oh, no, there's I'm obviously firm. this real no, I can firmness. Be firm. and, yeah. No, I can be firm. I said, it's not going to happen, mm. you know. I don't know what the studio was, whether it was Sony or Fox or Universe, mm. I can't remember. I said they are not going to want Gwyneth to have a, a scrub face. Yeah. You know, yeah. as much as you do it for reality. Yeah. And this particular makeup designer did do it for reality. She's not going to look like that, I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. And um, so I wasn't, you know... You're very firm about it. Very firm, yeah. And so when you're working with these, you're doing big studios. So I mentioned, I mean, the films are just crazy huge and films that everyone knows. Um do you feel the pressure every day? What happens if you're ill? You don't get ill. Really. <laughs> okay. You actually don't get ill. I don't know why. Yeah, I suppose you your body goes into. I think you get ill afterwards. Yeah, I don't think I've t- 
touch wood ever had a day off work at, while really? I'd been working. You know, touch wood. Yeah. I might have gone home early feeling shitty. Right. But, but you it's know, very early yeah. mornings as well. Well, you know, you get used to it. So you steal yourself. Yeah. Through, I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm an early person anyway, an mm-hmm. early bird. Mm-hmm. So um, and I go to bed early. Yeah. I pace myself. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And I really love it. You know, I still love doing it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At this point, you're working with very big actresses. Um, are they stealing from your kit? Are you... no, they're not stealing from my <laughs> okay, kit. Okay, they're not no, stealing they're not. from your kit. The extra steal. Oh, do they? The extra steal from people's kits. And okay. the Gosh, interesting. The only one actress. Yeah. Um, actually, two actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to make name names because they're really well known. Okay. Would take things away, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right, so then you are... There's this massive moment in your career that everyone knows about when... You went to work on Titanic. I know. How did that come about? Well, that was all through Kate Winslet. I was doing Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, mm-hmm. um, and Kate was in it. She was playing Ophelia. Were you doing all the makeup for that film? I was Kate? the designer on it. No, mm-hmm. I was the designer for everybody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there still weren't really personals. Mm-hmm. There still, you know, people still hadn't started having personals properly. Yeah. You know, just some of the American actors, actresses did, right. and actors, but in England. You know, makeup artists used to hate it when um, somebody had a personal. You know, yeah. they, they felt as very un-British. <laughs> very un-British. Yeah. Anyway, so um, well, I was doing the Hamlet. Mm-hmm. It was massive. It was a four-hour film, and um, Carol, my friend Carol, was doing the hair as well. Um, and we had all those actors in it. We had Charlton Heston, Billy Crystal. Mm. We had so many huge actors. Everybody, mm. Jack Lemmon, yeah, Julie Christie everybody and I was doing I was designing but I did Julie and Kate and Kate had to have three days off to go to America for an interview for Titanic with Mm -hmm. James Cameron Mm -hmm. and when she got there she said you know I'm doing this period film and this makeup artist is really good at doing period she's really good at making my skin look beautiful and what have you he said oh right and that's how I got the job he just phoned me the next day and said um would you like to do Titanic I got just it like that. Just like that. I said, all right. <laughs> all right. That's, I mean, that, did you know how big it was going to be at that point? Or? I knew it was going to be big, but I didn't, we didn't realise ever it would be that popular. Right. And I knew it was going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I knew I wouldn't be allowed union girls from America. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to use people from Mexico. And I was allowed to take a lot of people with me. Right, because the extras as well. I mean, We had a thousand extras every single day. Every single day, day. Not yeah. The, not they shot on them every day. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I took about 10 people with me 
because mm-hmm. I realised it wasn't union. Yeah. And they didn't have to pay us meal penalties. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my first Hollywood movie. Yeah. I was naive. <laughs> so I took all young people with me. Okay. All young people, except for one slightly more experienced makeup artist, mm-hmm. Deb Taylor, who's great. Mm-hmm. I took Polly, my daughter. I took all these young 20 year olds. So you flew over them, imagining some massive yes. army of makeup artists I arriving. Did. And um, for yeah. them, they were earning great money, really. Yeah. And they were learning on the and job. What an I mean, experience. I really risked it, but we had. Yeah. Two months prep, so everybody knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that difficult. What do you do in the prep time then? Well, you do, you know, you had to work out all the freezing, all the stuff, you know. Of course. All that ice yes. stuff. And also we had three different looks. We had the people who were down below, mm-hmm. who were all scruffy with beards. Mm-hmm. When the middle class and then the first class. Mm-hmm. So we had three different big makeup looks. And I wasn't doing the hair. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the hair designer on it as well, because we always had hairdressers then. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so we had a lot of prep time. I took a lot of people with me. I had four Italians. Mm-hmm. I had four Italians, four Italians from Rome mm-hmm. who lay on beautiful beards. That was a clever move because I knew in the water, yes. you know, we used a lot of pretend beards as well, but yeah. I knew they'd be falling off. Did they fall off? No, all the time. I, said, I can't watch that film. <laughs> Why? I think I'm going to see all the beers floating through. Oh, God. Dude, I, I haven't seen imagine. it. I can't see it. Really? I, so I went to the premiere. I'm to get it out now. No, so I went to the, I went to the premiere. Okay. And I haven't been able to watch it since. Oh, really? all the mistakes I'm going to see. Yeah, I'm like I'm sure you were. I mean, the makeup no. on that job was... In, the well, makeup on that film was incredible. It wasn't that incredible. It really was. Anyway. So you, so were you just doing Kate's makeup on that film and designing the rest? I did um, Kate and... Um, a couple of other girls. Right. Yeah, I did Kate and a couple of the other girls. Sean, who I took, did Leo. Mm-hmm. Polly did a couple of the other girls. So when you're doing Kate's makeup, this is a long shoot. It's this extremely yeah. exhausting shoot. Yeah. Um, extremely long hours. Extremely long hours. And you were saying, last time I spoke to you, about Kate curling her eyelashes. Well, Kate liked her <laughs> moment. I mean, okay. you know, it took a long time getting Kate ready because it took me a long time to block her skin out mm. because it was red and raw from the cold. Okay. Her skin wasn't that good. Yeah. And I put a lot so of makeup on her. skin was quite stressed and I've ruddy. never put that much makeup on now, okay. to be actual fact. Okay. I mean, I had a lot of foundation on her. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use that much now, but that was how I did things then. Yeah. And it worked. It mm-hmm. sort of worked. I don't know whether it would work that well in HD, now, okay. that amount of makeup. Mm. And Kate loved her moment of curling her eyelashes. And sometimes she'd sit there for 15 minutes curling her eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her time got longer in the makeup chair and all the producers saying, you must be quicker. But I could never really hurry her. No, well, you, you know, yeah. no, you couldn't. Also, if someone's yeah. relaxing, kind of. Yeah. And uh, even at the time of making the film, there was a lot of talk about the pressures of it. You know, this is over budgets, over time. Oh, stuff. Yes. Did you feel that pressure because... I didn't feel that mm-hmm. pressure because I didn't probably spend a lot of money on makeup. Right. I mean, they never really give you a budget. Mm-hmm. Some... They did on Mum and Me on this last film, but they never... And I was just careful with what I bought, really, mm-hmm, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I had to have all makeup for all those extras mm. and everything. But I probably didn't overspend at all. I probably could have spent a lot more. But was the atmosphere stressed? Or yeah, what? it was stressed. It got all stressed. The time. Okay. All the time, because yeah. actually the director did a lot of shouting. Yeah. And we did a lot of long hours. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd start a day. I'd start on a Monday morning, say, mm-hmm. with Kate in the chair at five o'clock and which go later each day so by the time you got to Wednesday you'd be into nights because of the hours and the yeah. turnarounds mm-hmm. and so it ended up really the whole film was really almost shot on nights yeah you know it's really long days and exhausting and also you're working with people who are under a lot of pressure performing long hours 
um, not just thinking about Kate, but all the actors yeah. you work with, and you sort of become their confidant during that time. Yeah. And do you feel like that's another element to your job? Because you're yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it was because um, yeah, I got very close to Kate. You know, she was young; she was twenty, mm. and um, you know, and James Cameron wanted a personal trainer for her. He wanted her mm. thin as anything. She had yeah. a beautiful figure. Yeah, you know, um, and um, yes, she works. Her and Leo works so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they worked so hard without comp- ever complaining. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen two people work as hard as that. Oh, really? No. I mean, there were long hours. It yeah. was in the water a lot. A lot of danger, really. Yeah. A lot of danger. Yeah. Yeah. So when Titanic came out and then it was huge, did your career change as well? It did change. Okay. My career completely changed, really. Mm. Although I've done all those good movies before, and a lot of it was thanks to Carol for taking mm-hmm. me on my first movie. And I've done some great movies before that. It did change because um, that was my first Hollywood movie, I suppose. Well, it wasn't my first Hollywood movie, but I suppose Mexico, Baja, was classed as America in a way. Yeah. Um, so it was the being there. And um, a Max Factor approached me to do their commercials after mm-hmm. that. So I did about six or seven commercials for quite them. a nice round. Yes, it was. Coming back again. <laughs> yeah. That was what's so funny from being sixteen. Yeah. Working in their salon then doing their commercials. Mm-hmm. And that was a really lucky break for me, mm-hmm. actually, with Titanic. Yeah. Because I got great movies after that. I mean I think I've been really lucky. Yeah, I mean lucky and also great at your job. Well, Which brings me back to the Titanic makeup itself. Yes. Um, now, I've spoken to you about this before, and we've okay. we've made a little video about it, but do you remember any of the makeup products you were using, or skincare products you were using? That... I know exactly what I used. Okay, can you I name knew... a couple of yes, them? Yes, I can. I used I used um, three different foundations. Right. So I used um, a pan stick. Mm-hmm. I used a makeup, I think it was a 1W, Makeup Forever pan stick. Applied with a brush? Applied with a brush and a sponge. Okay. And I mixed it with a liquid... A liquid Guerlain mm-hmm. used to do the most wonderful, wonderful um, foundation. And I forget what it was called. And then they stopped doing it. Um, a very liquid pale, foundation. very liquid, mm. very pale liquid I mixed with it. Mm. And then I mixed, um, no, I think it was probably just those two foundations. Mm-hmm. And then concealer. I can't remember what concealer I would have used then. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been way too heavy because there was no two to clattering like that then. Yeah. Um, and then I used in her socket line. I can remember so well. Mm-hmm. It was a Dior powder eyeshadow just mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. it was like a sort of lilac-y grey, just shading across there. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was a black eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And it was an Italian eyeliner by... Um, I'm trying to think the make. It's the best eye- cake eyeliner ever. Cake eyeliner is quite hard to come by. By um, Il... No. Il Maquillage. Not Il because that's... That's French. Yeah. It was Il Mascara. Okay. Il Mascara, who's still going, actually. Okay. I don't know if they make that cake eyeliner. Yeah. But it was a fantastic, very thin. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very, thin. very, very thin. Mm. And a tiny bit of mascara. And I would have used cream rouge, so mm-hmm. I probably would have used a little bit of um, whatever cream rouge. I don't know. I might even have used the berry lipstick a bit on her cheeks. Okay. Yeah, because it and was And then I powdered well with pale pink powder. Yes. I can remember exactly what powder I used. Which it was one was that? The Clerk. Okay. The pink powder by Leclerc. Mm. I think it's called Orchid. Um, in the lovely little silver tin. I used masses of that. So I've always sealed it well with powder. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just, I've just remembered one other story you once told me about Titanic set. About the one extra 
who was never used. Can you can you tell our listeners that story? We used to get this. We used to get this elevator operator ready every day. Mm-hmm. It's like a seven month um, shooting schedule, I think. Mm-hmm. So we got this man ready every day. He was on the call sheet every day. The elevator operator. Mm-hmm. So we get him ready. We put his moustache on, and he'd never get used. Mm-hmm. And he was always on the call sheet. On the very last day of shooting, they used him. Great. Hysterical. Was and he? Was he shocked? Was he was shocked. He was shocked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely shocked. He was there for all that time mm-hmm. in Mexico. Yeah. you know, and um, had to get ready every day. Yeah, it's like they'd get the extras ready every day, and then mm-hmm. they wouldn't be shot on every day. So on Mamma Mia, were you doing Pierce? And well, I was designing the okay. whole film. But you were making everyone very tanned on Mamma Mia. Very tanned. Is there a, tanned. Was there a secret product you used? Lots of different things. I, okay. Yeah, lots of different spray-on things. And, okay. um, Instant tan? or? Well, we did a lot of spray tan. Mm-hmm. We had booths. I had, must have had about 20 booths. Okay. All with heating and everything. Okay. Because we'd spray the dancers and everything. Wow. And we used different sorts. We tried about three or four different sorts of spray tan. Okay. Lauren's Way we used. And I think they've gone out of business, sadly, because it was the best one. Okay. So Lauren's Way was probably the favourite. Yeah. But it was just getting people to come, exfoliate, bring their right clothes, mm-hmm. and then they had to wash it off eight hours later. So, you know, it's quite a number. Yeah. Every three days. Again, it's a big operation. So it's a big to operation going. to keep going. Mm. So the actors were really good about it. Mm-hmm. Lily was excellent. Okay. She was really good. But when this is we Lily did, James. Yeah, yeah. But when Lily was too tired or we couldn't get her in, I used this spray thing called Era, which you can only buy in America, mm. which is wonderful. Is it like a handheld? No, it's a spray okay. in a silver can. You spray mm. it yeah. and then you buff it up. Okay. And it stays on and it's waterproof. It's really good. Oh, great. Of course, because really they're good. in the water yeah. a lot as well. So, you can't so we used a lot of that, but that takes time to do it. Yeah. It adds on to the makeup time in the morning. Yeah. If you're doing the body, it's yeah. an extra 20 minutes doing the body with somebody else helping you. Yeah. So we used that, the mm. Era makeup. We used Rimmel. Mm-hmm. For the extras, the Rimmel glimmer mm-hmm. stuff, which was good. Um, it did come off a bit, but the Rimmel was excellent. Mm. And we did a lot of spray tanning. Um, and then I've also got down Pierce Brosnan, because in our team, yes. we have a special place in our heart for Pierce Brosnan. We do. We think he's lovely, oh and he comes God, across so well. Is he as lovely in yes. real life? Yes. I mean, on the first film, I gave him to somebody else to look after, but I thought on this one, mm. I want to look after Pierce, because I got on with him so well. Yeah. And he's such a fantastic man. Yeah. You know, he suffered quite a lot in his life. You know, he mm. lost his first wife. Mm. And then he lost his stepdaughter. Right. A few years ago with exactly the same can- ovar- ovarian awful. cancer. Okay. Just, I think, about three years ago. Mm. Exactly at the same age he lost his wife. Mm. And while we were filming on this beautiful island in Croatia called Viz, mm. his dog died. And, oh, God, his dog died. He was so upset. So I sent up the little miniature brandy for him. Aww. I know. Aww. We both had a good cry together. Did you? Yeah, such oh, a lovely, so lovely. man. Yeah. Really special man. Mm. Yeah, really. he seems... He comes across very Really, well. really special. You have really been in the thick of Hollywood, um, working with the big, big Hollywood players for, like, 25 years. Yes. And suddenly it's emerging... Well, or lots of stories are emerging, that Hollywood is actually quite a unpleasant place in many respects yes did you see any of that or well I I went to live in America for about seven years Mm. um only because I went with Gwyneth she took me on a film and I went Mm. there and I got my union card it was one film after the other Mm. and my sort of marriage split up for a while then Mm -hmm. and so I stayed there coming home all the time but I got a flat and I did two Spider-Man films there and what have you with Kirsten Dunn yeah yeah um 
I was doing Toby, actually. I was looking oh, after you? Toby. Okay. Um, but I think it is very different. Mm-hmm. It's very cutthroat. Yeah. Very organised, mm-hmm. Hollywood. Very, very organised, but very tough. Very, very long hours. Yeah. Much longer than we do in England. Oh, really? Yeah. And very, very tough. Those studios are tough. Okay. Yes, it's very cutthroat. It's very cutthroat. And yet it's and noticeable, I think. And are the actors coming to you for comfort sometimes? Oh, um, sort of. But it's so fast-paced in a way, um, Americans are slightly different to the English. You know, the English actors, actresses and actors are a bit more, um, you know, they're a bit more laid back in a way, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. than American actors. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. But, um, you know, I think in the States, they don't put up with any nonsense, you mm-hmm. know. They couldn't, you wouldn't be allowed to have a bottle of wine in your fridge on your trailer. Okay. You know, alcohol drinking is completely taboo mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England, we'd always perhaps offer the actors at the end of the day a drink or okay. something, you know. But that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't sort of happen in America. Okay. But I loved the experience. I loved the excitement of mm-hmm. it. But it was tough. And there's wonderful working in Sony Studios and, you know, all those wonderful studios in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, it was an incredible experience. Mm. And it's a massive, massive thing to have done yes, as well. Yes, it was. Sense. Um, talk to me about Oscar nominations. Is that I mean, it's happened to you twice? Yeah. For Shakespeare in Love and Titanic. Yeah. Were you expecting to be nominated? No, How- not really. I mean, not at all. Mm. I mean, um, with Titanic, didn't really deserve a nomination because it was well, it was just you know pretty makeup. And I fully things. disagree. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> anyway, and with yeah. um, Shakespeare in Love, you know, I was only really doing Gwyneth. Mm. I did her as the boy and as the girl, and really the makeup designer and hair designer you know, did all the wonderful stuff on Judy Dench. So really, you know, that's, yeah. Again, I very yeah. much disagree. But yeah. when you when your nominations came in then, how does it happen? Does someone give you a phone call? Yes, well, they, they, they come, the nominations come up, don't mm. they? The categories. Now, now what mm. would happen is you'd have to go over there. Mm-hmm. If you were down to the last seven, mm. you'd have to go over there and talk through a what have you, of what you did and, and everything, yeah. Okay. So it's called a bake-off. Okay. And then it gets down to three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And on the night was how was that exciting? Very yeah. Well, it is. It's exciting because you're put in a good hotel. Yeah. You're given your own chauffeur. Love you it. go to all the parties, mm-hmm. and it's good fun. Yeah. And I was so hoping not to win because I did not want to make a speech. Oh really? No. <laughs> I was so delighted that didn't happen. It's so incredible to be nominated. Yes, what an extraordinary yes. thing. Um, I wish that you guys could see Tina today because um, your makeup is immaculate. Is it? It's incredible. But it's not it's... like this every day nowadays. <laughs> I was going to say, do you still... So you're... Um, I don't actually know how old you are. I'm 73. 73, okay. And you do you do your makeup every day? I don't run so... at home in the countryside. Okay. Not every day. Okay. But I do try and do it most days because it makes me feel better. Yes. You know. Yeah. I always used to do it every day, but just if I come off a film and I'm tired, mm. I don't always put it on every day if I'm gardening or cleaning my house but you still have the love of it now yes. that you oh, enjoy no. well I look so much better with it oh <laughs> god I look so awful without it do, no do you no, have no, a couple no. of products you absolutely love now yeah I love the La Prairie concealer okay the number 10 mm. under the eyes mm. it's very specific. lovely absolutely marvellous yeah and I've got La Prairie foundation on mm-hmm. I forget which colour honey Honey Glow, I think I've got on, or mm-hmm. Honey Something or Other. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the Armani Eyes to Kill Mascara. Right. Which love eyeliner that. do you have on now? I have, oh, I tell you what, I've got the Kevin O'Conn Brown Pencil. Okay, it's lovely. Kevin O'Conn Brown Pencil, mm-hmm. yeah. And lipstick? Lipstick is Kevin O'Conn Medium Lip Pencil. Mm-hmm. 
with a pink gloss over one of my old pink glosses when I made makeup years yeah ago. yeah yeah and um you just said you made makeup years ago and now you make brushes yes I need to um firstly say that those brushes are unbelievable I was speaking to a makeup artist Sonia Devaney the yes. other day and I showed her your fine yes. eyeliner brush and um she I think she wanted to steal it I didn't let yeah. her no don't let her I did not let her but it is your brushes are absolutely incredible. I've used every single one. Good. They are they're firm. They're well made. They do the job. They're you know you've thought of the things. In my yes. view, you found the things that are little cracks in the armor, like yes. the thinnest eyeliner brush in yes. the entire world. Yeah. Um, that big cheek brush is yes. firm, but plenty of yes. hairs. So obviously you've got years and years of experience. But what made you think I'll bring out a brush? I'll bring out brushes. Well, because I think brushes. I just love brushes, love makeup brushes. And I did it years ago. I bought out a, a range and I bought out cosmetics. We're going back a long time, Madeline. Mm-hmm. And I put my own money into it and it wasn't, I was in America and it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a silly thing to put your own money in. Mm-hmm. And then when um, I came back to England a couple of years ago, lots of my friends, makeup artists said, God, you know, we've still got some of your old brushes. Why mm. don't you do your brushes again? Mm. And I just thought, you know, I could. I could just do 21 brushes mm-hmm. and just do brushes yeah. and a couple of other things. Don't need to do makeup again because you can't compete. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do really beautiful brushes again mm-hmm. and with really beautiful hair, handmade, beautiful, wonderful brushes. Mm-hmm. And they're not cheap, but makeup artists um, can get a 30% discount. Mm-hmm. And I just did only 21 because that's more than enough. Mm-hmm. And and I just did it again, and whether it was silly or not, but it's you know it's slow, well, it's going well. But they're beautiful brushes. They're beautiful. They brushes. really are beautiful. How long did the process of didn't uh, take me long to no. design them again? No. Okay. And I went to an English company. Mm-hmm. And um, are they made in England? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, so by the time I sent off samples, mm-hmm. um, I suppose it was six months in all. Okay really, by the time I got samples back. And funny enough, I was on a film mm. in Spain called The Promise when all the samples came back in. Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to use them all and then adjust two or three which weren't right, which mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. It was really good because I was working and I could really try them. Two or three weren't right because I've used a lot of Japanese nylon, which is like the orange material, which yes. is really beautiful. Yeah, there's that fat, yeah. flat It's brush, wonderful. Is, yeah. yeah, I love that brush. That's lovely, isn't it? It's a fantastic um, brush. And so a few weren't right, so we got mm-hmm. that right. And then my son came in and he's been helping me with it. Mm-hmm. And Sophia now has joined us. Mm-hmm. She's very, very good. And so looking, you've got all this experience and yet you seem, and, and you've been doing it for years, and yet you still seem to have not lost any of the passion for makeup. No, I love, still love doing it. I still love working. I mean, I'd love to go on working for a couple more years. I so is that what it. you're planning to do? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, if anybody wants me. <laughs> I'm you know, sure I they two, want did you. two really busy films last yeah. year. So I you did, did Mamma Mia? And I did All the Money in the World with Ridley Scott. Okay. You know, and halfway through, and towards the end of Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. Ridley decided to recast, as you know. Kevin Spacey's part. Uh, so I was flying back on weekends to Rome to um, supervise all that with Christopher Plummer. Gosh. So it's quite a busy time for me Christopher before Christmas. Christopher Plummer's another cracking actor. Yes. You've worked with everyone. He's been nominated yeah. for an Oscar for that. Yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming Thank on our you. podcast and sharing some of your incredible stories. Is that all right? It was fantastic. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what you do next. I yes. especially am. Thank you that very much, thanks, Dina. Thanks, It was lovely. Thank you for having me, inviting me. So that was the great Tina Earnshaw. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please do rate and review it. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss any future episodes. I'll be back next week with a new guest. So see you then. Bye.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 